Hallelujah. Let's turn to the scriptures, please. If you turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. I may get this finished this series, finished this morning. Um, and I would like to, if I can, and move on to something different. I told you I wanted to take my time simply because I wanted this to get into us, into our spirits, into our minds, that whenever you are at home or at work or wherever you are, when you're struggling, you know, many people think Christians have it all together simply because they're a Christian. And many think Christians have no problems simply because they're a Christian. And many people think Christians are perfect or they should be. Uh, not that we do not live right or strive to obey God's word. We do. Of course we do. But we're human and we fail all the time. The only perfect one is the Lord himself. But let's endeavor to do better for God. But in the same time, when you're at home or you're at work, maybe in the morning, the afternoon or the evening, during the night, struggles come, your minds are crushed, your heart's rent, you're really weary, you're burdened, you're down, you're lonely, you're frightened, you're anxious, whatever you're facing, you don't know what is happening next and you don't know whether you're coming, you're going, you left, right, up, down, back, forward, everywhere, you're surrounded, you're encompassed by all manner of circumstances and trials and situations and troubles and whether it's in the workplace or family life or in your body, it's an illness, a sickness, a disease in the mind, in the heart, in your spirit, no matter what it is, no matter what it is, brothers and sisters, the idea of this whole message here is this, that when we're speaking of old covenant sympathy and new covenant empathy, What we are actually looking at is to show you that God is the same God from Genesis to Revelation. And he's the same God in here today. He's the same God who's with you no matter where you go, Christian. He's the same God who speaks today as he has spoken in past times. He is the same. He hasn't changed. When you change, when your body changes, when your family changes... When your life changes, when your circumstances change, when everything else change, governments change, kings and queens and rulers and prime ministers and presidents and parties of of political groups change, everything changes. But he remains the same. He remains the same. He is the same yesterday and today and forever. And when you and I, I'm also speaking to myself through this. I'm giving you this because of how I'm going through things. What I've come through and going through. I I take my own experience and I read the scriptures and I pray and I seek the Lord. And this is what God has been showing me. So then I'll give it to you. It's like when Christ had the the 5,000 men beside women and children out in that wilderness area following him and they were hungry and they only had five barley loaves, two small fish from a young boy to feed the multitude. Maybe up to 15,000 mouths, some statisticians would say, or maybe more. And Christ was able to feed them, although it seemed impossible. And that which seems impossible to man is possible with God. 
and he tells the disciples, get the people to sit down. They sit down. He then breaks the bread and he takes the fish. He multiplies that which seems very little and comes, seems to come to, to nothing in man's hands. And he takes that and, and as he multiplies it, as he takes it and blesses it and gives it to the disciples, the disciples then distribute it to the people. And in a sense, that's what it's like when you come under the Word of God on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or a Tuesday evening Bible study or wherever you are coming under or someone comes to you with a reading from the Scriptures or brings you a word. It's, it's The Lord has given it to you maybe through someone else, through another avenue, or the preaching of his word. It's breaking the bread, it's breaking the fish, and you're sitting in need. He sees your want, he sees your need, he knows he can meet it. And sometimes the whole thing that looks completely impossible, no matter what way you see it, look at it, or try and understand it, it's impossible. Suddenly the impossible changes, suddenly the impossible turns around and the impossible becomes possible because God has sent the word. His word comes to you. You receive his word like they receive the bread. They receive the fish and his word will not return unto him void. But everything that God speaks his word into, everyone he gives his word to, he accomplishes that which his word has said in your life. He accomplishes the word when you can't. He accomplishes the word when you think, well, this is the word, I'm holding on to it, Lord. I'm feeling weak in it, Lord. But your word is forever settled in heaven. It will not return unto you void. You said it, I believe it. That settles it, then we go on with it. And we believe it walking out in our lives. And so that's why when you gather together under the word, When you gather together, and even if you don't like the preacher, that's fine. Even if you don't want to look at the preacher, that's fine. I've been to places and I've thought, well, you know, I don't know what this preacher's like. And I'm not sure, but they've brought the word. Listen for the message. Listen for the word. And all things, listen for the voice of God. Let them break the bread this morning. Let them take the fish and offer you that which will keep you, will sustain you, will satisfy you, will fill you, will encourage you, will bless you, will anoint you, will lift you up and carry you through. Listen to the word of the Lord this morning. Old covenant sympathy, new covenant empathy. Believe it or not, this is part 13. Part 13. We looked last week at Psalm 139, but I want to read our usual scripture. You stay one Psalm 139, please. And I want to read our usual scripture from Hebrews 4, verse 14, and up to verse 16. Seeing then we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In other words, everywhere as a believer, everywhere in Christ, 
no matter what time it is, no matter where we are, no matter what the situation is, we have an open heaven. We have a throne of grace. There's a new and living way through our Lord Jesus Christ that we, whether we close our eyes or not, it doesn't matter, but it just distracts us or, or takes us from distraction. But whether we're standing, we're sitting, we're lying prostrate, no matter our position or our condition, we can come to the throne of grace to obtain mercy, to find grace to help in the time of need that we're going through. No matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter the situation, Even if you're standing in the supermarket and you know I need the Lord here. It's a matter of calling on the name of the Lord. And the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and are safe. Lord, help me. Lord, bless me. Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. Lord, anoint me. Lord, strengthen me. Calling on the name of Jesus. We know that when we call in his name, His name is the name that the Father responds to, for he has given him that name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Take it in that whenever you and I come in the name of Jesus, when you and I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you and I come to this throne of grace, when you and I praise the name of Jesus, when we worship in the name of Jesus, when we gather in the name of Jesus, when we call out the name of Jesus, when we pray in the name of Jesus, all of the things in heaven bow to Jesus. Think about that. All of heaven bow before him. The angels They will fold the seraphim and the cherubim will fold their wings in reverence to him. Of things in heaven, things in earth, when Christ returns, all those who take the name of Jesus and blaspheme the name of Jesus, who take the name of Jesus and disregard the name of Jesus, they will bow the knee to Jesus. But praise God this morning, you and I, as born again, blood-washed, spirit-filled, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christians, we bow our knee to Jesus now. And at his name, we reverence him. And at his name, we glorify him. And at his name, devils will tremble. Satan will flee. Demons will be dispersed and run away because there's power in the name of Jesus. His name is above every other name. So let's remember when you're praying, You're at home, you're at work, wherever you are. In Jesus' name I come. And the blood of the Lamb has covered you. You're under new management this morning, brother. You're under new management when you got saved, sister. You're under new management. You're a new creature, a new creation in Christ. You are one spirit with the Father through the Holy Ghost who resides in you. And no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Take this in that whenever you go home and you're struggling. Take this in when you go home and you're weary. Take this home in that when you go home and you're at work and trouble's coming or fear or anxiety or whatever it is besets you, know that God is everywhere at once. Remember, he is omnipresent everywhere at once. Take it in and know that God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. In other words, he's everywhere at once, and where he is everywhere at once, he is all-powerful, or the Almighty. Do you know there's only one Almighty? There's not two Almighties. Because if there's two Almighties, one of them has to be unalmighty. No Almighty. There can only be one Almighty. 
There's one God and he is almighty. The devil isn't almighty. His demons aren't almighty. Evil spirits are not almighty. There is one almighty God and he has a name and his name is Jesus. Your God and my God is the almighty God, the creator God who made the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, above them and under them, on land or sea, in air and space and sky. He is sovereign Lord of lords, king of kings and above all others and above all else. Would you say amen if you believe that? Amen. He is almighty God. Jesus is almighty God in flesh. Paul says, great is the mystery of godliness. Listen, God was manifest in the flesh. Hanging on a cross was God manifest in flesh. Burying my sin and your sin was God manifest in the flesh. Burying our infirmities and burying our sicknesses in the full atonement of the cross was God himself, son of God, son of man, manifest in the flesh. He's no less than God. He is almighty God. He's no less than man. He's flesh and blood like you and I because as man... Has God, he knows, or on, he knows us, but as man, he understands us. And so empathy comes, he's walked in our shoes. He's omnipotent, he's all-powerful, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere at once. And thirdly, he's omniscient. He sees and knows all. So when we come to the throne of grace, understand that The son who stands before the glory of the father. The son who intercedes as our great high priest on our behalf. He is himself God of a very God. Very God of a very God and man of a very man. And he's praying for you. He's interceding for you. And when you stand before him. And you come and mention his name. Heaven itself will bow to him. I ask you something. Answer in your own heart, really in your own conscience and in your own mind. What does he mean to you? Well, thank you of Christ. What does he mean to you? Is he just a fairy tale? Is he another story? Is he a Sunday school nice wee tale that was told? Is that what he is to you? This Christ I know and this Christ I serve and this Christ I worship and this Christ I love and this Christ I adore and this Christ I follow and this Christ I trust. This Christ. He brings me into unity with God the Father. And this Christ, he came to die for me. Yes, he's omnipresent. He is omnipotent. 
And thirdly, he is omniscient. Psalm 139, we just want to lift a few verses. We looked at some of it last week. I just want to lift a few verses. I don't want to linger too long. I'll maybe do a study on it. We told you last week that the psalmist speaks from verses 1 to around verse 6 of God's omniscience. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Notice he knows you. He searches your heart. This is the Bible speaking. This is God's word speaking to you. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Notice, thou knowest my downsetting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. You know even what I'm thinking. You could be thinking the nicest things. You could be thinking of a beach on a sunny day. You could be thinking, uh, I wonder what time it's going to be over. I'll have a time to get down for an ice cream. You could be thinking, I, 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 I want to get out of here. You could be thinking, I love being in this house. You could be thinking, I love fellowshipping together. You could be thinking of Jesus and saying, Lord, I'm so grateful you died for me. I love you. For you've brought me out of a horrible pit and from the merry clay. You've set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. you put a new song in my mouth. Even praise unto our God. You can be sitting thinking all these things and saying, Lord, speak to me, help me, deal with me, show me, lead me, guide me. And the Lord all the time is saying to you, right now, he says, I understand your thoughts, even afar off. I even understand what you're going to think before you think it. Before you think it, he knows it. You know when you're praying and you just want to pray and you, you don't even move your lips like honey, you just sit and think in your mind. You ever think, I lie in bed and pray in my mind, thinking of Jesus. I just think, Lord, I worship you. Only I'm telling to tell you because you can't read my mind. You know, I don't want to stand with my eyes closed. Lord, I worship you. I love you. Praise you. It's going over my mind. He understands every thought. Thou compasses my path, my lying down. Thou are acquainted with all my ways. Notice, he's acquainted with your ways. Like he lives with you. Remember I showed you last week, Alison knows what I'm thinking before I think it sometimes. Knows what I'm looking for whenever I don't even can't remember. You know, I would say, I think it's mostly the wife that does that with the husband. I'm not too tuned in like that. I don't think husbands are too tuned in like that. But they almost know what the husband's thinking, what they're looking for, what they need. And it gives the idea that God is acquainted with us like that. He steps into a situation and he's there continually. He habitually resides and he understands what you're thinking. And he knows your need. He's acquainted with you when you're in Christ. For there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, Lord, thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. I, I, can't, I don't understand you, Lord. Look, who understands the Lord? I'd love to meet that person because no one can understand him unless the Spirit reveals him. We can't understand everything. And people expect Christians to know everything and understand everything. There's things that's happened to people's lives and I don't understand it, but I must continue to believe him. There's things that's happened to some of you and you've asked me, Pastor, why? And I don't know. I'm just being honest. But one thing I'd say to you is, I don't know, but leave it with the Lord and continue to trust Him. 
continue. Like that uh, report there of that man that was met and his friend was a policeman and he was murdered and he had fallen away from God, not understanding how or why God could allow this to happen. We don't understand everything, but we must trust in it. We must trust through it. Notice what the psalmist says here from verse 7. Here is his omnipresence. He's everywhere at once now. First of all, he knows us. Omniscience now is omnipresence. Verse 7. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? In other words, Lord, where would I go to get away from your presence? You can't run away, I said last week, from God. And where do we go to get away from God's presence? There's people that run away in their hearts. People run away in their minds. There's people that run away from the house of God thinking, well, we're getting away from God's presence. But no matter where you go, his presence is there. In fact, his, the word here in the Hebrew for presence is the word the panim, the panim of God. And it gives the idea of the face of God. He says, Lord, everywhere I go, I see your face. Everywhere I go, he says, you're looking at me. In my mind, I hide. You're there looking at me. In my heart, I run away. You're there looking at me. I run and get on a bus, a plane, a boat. I go wherever. I hide in the hole in the caves of the rock. But even there, he says, you're looking at me. I can't get away from the truth. I can't get away from your face. If you were to get on a boat and by some mishap... It happened to go down, you ended up on a desert island and crawled through a forest and up through the jungle and you found a cave behind a waterfall in the hole of a rock and you hid there. Guess what? God still knows where you are. And he knows everything you think and he knows everything you need and he knows everything that comes to you. He knows it all. So when you're in work or whenever you're in a supermarket or walking down the street or at your home, think of these things. Lord, you know me. You understand me. First, it says, if I ascend up to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell or the grave, the region of the dead, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, thy right hand shall hold me. Told you, finished here last week. I told you that when he says, when I take the, the wings of the morning was when the sun came up in the east and the first beams of light that shot across the, the very land at, at 187,000 miles per second as the speed of light. That first beam of light, that's the wings of the morning. And he says, if I could catch one of them and I could sit on it and at 187,000 miles per second, as we now know as the speed of light, he says, if I were to be jetted out in it, right out to the farthest part of the sea in a split second, thinking I'm getting away from you, he says, even there, you're already there. You're there before me. I cannot run from you. Some people think, well, when I shut the door, I can live how I like behind closed curtains. Some people think when I get on a plane and go out of foreign lands and have a holiday, sure, I can live like a devil. Nobody's going to find out. Well, here's the thing, brother, sister, if that be true, here's the thing. 
then how much do you believe there's a God? If you really believe the conviction, the convincing and the love of God will be in your heart no matter what part of the planet you're on. Notice this. When we go from verse 10 or verse 11, we now have the omnipotence of God. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not away from thee, but the night shineth as the day, and the darkness as the light are both alike unto thee, alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Notice what the psalmist says here of the omnipotence, the power, the almightiness of the Lord. He says, see the darkness that hides men, the darkness that shades men, the darkness when men come out to do evil deeds. Jesus says, men love darkness rather than light, that their deeds are evil. Lest they should come into light and their deeds should be reproved. In other words, men think they're hiding things in secret. Men think in government circles, in new world order circles, in one world government circles, in closed doors behind great cathedral circles, in secret society circles, and behind the curtains and the closed door of the house. Men and women think that we're here and it's in darkness and no one sees. The psalmist says, it's like looking in the daylight to God. Wow. He says, Lord, it's like you see me in the daylight. Here's the positive note to take from this. When you're shredded in darkness, brother, and you're shredded in darkness, sister, and you're just a human being like everyone else, and you are struggling, and you're saying, Lord, I just feel enclosed with this. Notice this. It may seem dark to you, but everything that is dark is just like the daylight to God. You're not skipping his attention. He doesn't pass you by because you're in darkness and he can't see you nor hear you. He's with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I would fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Darkness of our hearts and our minds when... Uh, when I say darkness, I mean I don't mean open course of sin when we're willfully, habitually uh, uh, sinning. What I'm saying is, is whenever our hearts are overwhelmed. Someone prayed it this morning. When our hearts are overwhelmed, was it lead me to the rock? Was that the Spirit spoken that this morning? That is higher than I. The word overwhelmed there gives the idea, well, my heart is covered with a dark shroud. Then lead me to the rock. Who is the rock? The rock is Jesus. I'm going to round this up. I will do another morning when I get a chance, but there's so much more to show you. I might cut it off and do a separate one sometime. Stay with me as I round this up. The omnipotence of God is that he is all-powerful. Notice this, verse 11, or verse 12. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day, the darkness as the light are both alike. For thou hast possessed my reins. Do you know what the reins are? It's not a horse's reins or camel's reins or 
Reindeer reins is not like that. The reins are the kidneys, the inner organs. You and I talk about the heart, not the blood pumping muscle in our center of our chest. We talk about the heart, the spirit, the center of our will, mind, emotions, intellect, intelligence, and being. But here it goes deeper, says even further deeper down. Have you ever got to the place where sometimes it goes further than just right into the heart, but every part of your inner man or woman is crying because it's dying? In other words, your body may even be erect and standing upright, but your spirit is rolled into the ball of all. Your spirit is curled up into, as it were, the fetal position. Like a child in the womb, curled up, and I can't go on. It's the reins. But God comes in and possesses the reins. Talk about possession. Lord, our prayer is that you would possess every one of us in our reins. And it's covered me in my mother's womb. See, when your mother was... And, and there's one or two who are expecting, and there's one expecting today. Is it today? Is the date, Victoria? Victoria's due date, and she's sitting in the Lord's house. God bless you. Lord bless you. There's another one or two, Cassidy and others, expecting. You pray for them. And the Lord says, I cover you in your mother's womb. He knows you before you're born. He knows you through your life. He knows your destination and the plan and purpose he has for you. Keep going on with God because you are fearfully and you're wonderfully made and God's works are marvelous. And notice what he says in verse 14, my soul knoweth right well. Do you know right well that he's with you, Christian? Do you know right well that he loves you? My substance was not hid from thee when I was in secret. And curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Mine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in all thy book my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Now listen, this verse shows you and I that abortion is an abomination. Before even my arms were fully formed. Before my very skull was fully formed. Before my legs were fully formed. Before my hands and my feet and my fingers and my toes and my eyes and my nose and my mouth and my ears and the organs of my body were fully formed. He says, Lord, you had counted them and you have known them. These two verses finish me. Verse 17. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me. O God, how great is the sum of them. How great is the sum of God's thoughts. This is what we're leaving with today. 
You ready? This is what you're going home with today. That the omnipresent, the omnipotent, and the omniscient God, who's all-powerful and everywhere at once and all-knowing and knowledge, he thinks about you. He sees you. He watches you. He knows all about you. He knows your thoughts even before you think them. He counted your fingers and your toes and your arms and your legs even when you were being formed and fashioned in your mother's womb. Before you were born, he knew you. He has a plan, a purpose and a destiny for you, for your life. He's calling you into it. Telling you, I think about you all the time. Think about that. Imagine the Lord saying, can I think about you all the time, son? In other words, your mind might think the old time about someone, but then we get on with life. His mind is continuously, purposely thinking about you every second, every moment of every hour, of every day, of every week, month, and year. He's continually thinking about you. Lord, have you forgotten me? He says, forgotten you. I never stop thinking about you. I see you when you're in darkness. I see you when you feel there's no help. I see you. I know your thoughts. I understand your speech. The very words are going to be in your tongue. I know them before you speak them. And I'm thinking about you day in, day out. When you're asleep and unconscious, I think about you. I watch you. And I wait upon your every hour. Even your dreams, brother. Even your dream sister, whether that be a good dream or whether that be a bad dream, God knows our thoughts. And he says, I see them, the torturous dreams and nightmares. He says, I am there for you. How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. That's saying much you think about me, Lord. Let's all take a bus. And let's all drive up the Port Stewart Strand. And let's all one by one lift the grain and start counting. One grain. Two grain. How long do you think it would take us to count all the grains of sand in the Port Stewart Strand? And go to every beach in the world. And how long do you think it would take you? Eternity. You'd never get there. Even if we all done it together. Even if the whole world done it together. Our whole nation done it together. You wouldn't get there. And that's the thoughts he has towards you. You're never going to run out of his loving kindness. He is inexhaustible towards you this morning. And remember that when you go home. And whatever you're thinking. Whatever comes your way. You're always in his thoughts. He says, when I awake, I'm still with thee. Even if you go to the grave, you know, and you're Christ, when he comes back, your body rises and you're, when I awake. He says, boy, you still know where I am. See your loved ones that are in Christ and have went to the, have died and you've put them in the grave. And their spirit has returned to the Lord. See the body of your loved one that lies there and you put flowers at a tombstone or you put flowers at a tree or wherever you go. See that body 
or one that's been, even ones that have been lost at sea or ones that have been put, uh, uh, blown to bits, even in this country and others, those bodies, God knows where they are and they'll wake and be like him. Paul, what are you doing to that child? Bless, <laughs> Bless the Lord. Brothers and sisters, there's coming a day when even we think, even if I pass this scene of time, listen carefully, this is me finished. If I died today, and I pass this scene of time, and in three days or so time, Allison puts me in the ground, there's a bit of a controversy here. I said I was going to Belfast. Alison says I'm going to Donna So, wherever it is, wherever it is, even if it was another country, I belong to him. You belong to him. Your loved ones in Christ belong to him and he returns, he will call them by their name and they will come together and they will awake and they will be still his. Now, if Christ was to come today, would you be ready? And if you were to die today, would you be ready? Would you be saved? Oh, yes. Can't get away from him. God bless his word to us. Folks, I want to thank you this morning for your marvelous attention. Um